Uh-huh. I know what you're thinking. Is this the booth drafting the circuits? Three-way theater or the Kevin Jackson show? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kinda lost track myself here on Hoobazoo.com. So, do you feel lucky, punk? Oscar Mike Radio. Come in. Come in, Oscar Mike Radio. Sinister One, this is Oscar Mike. I have Ulima Charlie over. Good evening, folks. Today is Thursday, March 16th, 2017. This is your host of Oscar Mike Radio, Travis, a.k.a. P-Dog from Brockton, Massachusetts, the city of champions, and this is Oscar Mike Radio, on the mission, on the move, for our military and veterans. And I have a full show for you all this week. And as in all shows, or in most shows, when I start them, when I say a full show, I start with the question of the week. And the question of the week is about the scandal where it looks like active duty Marines sent pictures to uh, you know, Marines out of the Marine Corps, former Marines, nude pictures of female Marines without their knowledge, to post on websites for viewing, sharing, etc. I mean, and I'm being asked by many people, what do I think about that? Am I going to do a show about this? What do I think should happen? So on and so forth. So first let me say that there's no defense for what happened. This is a egregious invasion of someone's privacy. It goes against everything that you know we are taught as Marines to do for our fellow Marines. And no matter if you're a civilian or member of another branch of service, there is no circumstance in which this is right ever. So this is a very huge breach of trust between Marines. This sets back relations between male and female Marines. And the fallout is going to be heavy-handed. You know, you, you, you watch Tuesday, Tuesday of this week, where Commandant Neller, General Neller, was grilled pretty heavily in Congress from both sides of the aisle about the Marine Corps' response, why this happened, who are the perpetrators, and what's going to happen to them. To answer your question about what should happen to the people involved, if you're out of the Marine Corps, you should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. 
There are all kinds of privacy laws about this that were broken. If you're a Marine, I, 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 don't, I don't want you in my unit. I, I believe you should be uh, disarmably discharged, stripped of all rank, all, all, all potential to receive uh, VA benefits, and this should stick on your record. You know, if there's any kind of UCMJ punishment that should be levied, you will find out what the rest of your life's going to be like. There are too many Marines doing the right thing every day that uh, we just don't need you. I will do a show about this. What I'm trying to do is build a timeline of events, and what I may do is do a show about what happened, then do a show about how this was found out, uh, the response from the military community and the Marine Corps, and then what happens to the perpetrators. So I'm trying to get that all put together in a, in a format that I can cover in you know multiple shows because I can't talk about this issue in one 30-minute show. So it's, it's not going to work. So that is the question of the week and more to follow on that. Thank you very much. And now we move on to the word. In the military, if you're in the military, the word starts from the top, moving to the bottom, oftentimes communicated orally from person to person, rank to rank. And so the word of this week is about um, something that I feel strongly about. Everybody remembers uh, seven years ago. Well, a lot of people did not remember because they were kind of surprised to hear about this. But uh, to set the stage, in 2009, uh, at Fort Hood, Texas, there was a shooting. 13 people were killed and 30 wounded. And it was kind of hushed-hushed real quickly when we found out that the perpetrator was an Army officer, a psychiatrist, a Muslim who committed this crime. And I don't want to get into the timeline of events. I'm, I'm not really into that for this show because it's pretty well established. It was established that he you know, joined the Army. He got his commission as a psychiatrist. It was pretty well established that he was a sympathizer with uh, terrorists. He was talking to uh, Anwar Alawaki a prominent uh, terrorist converting people uh, you know, outside of the Middle East for his cause and to commit jihad. It's pretty well established that uh, this was not just you know, some random act. He had you know, multiple firearms with multiple magazines full of ammunition. And you know, if we're not for the actions of the people in the area that he was in, there would have been more dead. He was um, shot, taken to Fort Leavenworth, and, you know, seven years later, the judgment came down to have him executed by lethal injection. And understandably, many people in and out of the military community and veterans community cheered and applauded this for many reasons. Um... Even though he was not convicted as a terrorist, many people felt that his ties to Anwar Alawaki warranted a terrorist charge. 
Many people felt the former administration did not do enough to uh, keep this from happening. Many people felt like the former administration did not do enough to validate the loss on American soil. So many people applauded, but look, I'm going to say this right now. I think that this guy absolutely deserves everything coming to him. He, he swore an oath. He, he, he got a commission in the army. I don't care what his religious affiliation is. It wouldn't matter to me if he was a Catholic, if he practiced Tai Chi, if he was Shinto, if he was you know a Sikh, a Hindu, Presbyterian, Lutheran. It, it wouldn't matter. You do this because you know your God, your supreme being told you to, and you had ties to a group that, you know, was inciting this kind of activity. There, there's no defense for that. I, I have no empathy or sympathy for your situation. I've been told, well, he had mental problems. Well, yeah, but the FBI was tracking this guy. They knew that there was something not right about him and it wasn't followed up on. And he did this. And now he's facing the death penalty, and of course it's going to be appealed, and people will try to save him, so on and so forth. And this got me thinking, you know, look, there's no doubt in my mind, there's no doubt in my mind that this man should be put to death. You know, one part of me is like, you know what, you know, put me in the firing line, I will pull the trigger, I will, I will push that uh, lethal cocktail home, no problem. Not even a question. He gunned down fellow soldiers and, and people's families and civilians like, like sheep. Slaughtered them with no care, no empathy whatsoever. Did not care. I, I have no capacity to feel anything for this person at all. But I, I started thinking and I started reading about jihad. And I'm like, wait a minute. What if just killing the people wasn't really the end game? What if the end game of this whole thing was to, was to do this, you know, get killed in the, in the, in the process of doing it, or, or get captured, disarmed, and put to death? And now instead of just falling to the wayside, because no one really remembered this until the uh, sentence was handed out last week. What if the end game was to become a martyr in people's minds? And I stopped and really thought about that. How, how would that help terrorism's cause, ISIS's cause, you know, the other organizations that are coming up if they could just sit there and say, hey, look, you know, this this man joined the army. He he did this in, in, in honor of Allah. He was executed by the infidels. And he did this willingly. And he's a rallying cry, a rallying point, a lightning rod for more activity like this. Because right now, he's just sitting in Leavenworth in a wheelchair because of the injuries he sustained when he was captured. 
and, and and I don't know what the right answer is. Part of me wants him dead. Part of me wants him to see him, you know, rot, you know, in a, in a grave and be earthworm food. And I, I have no problem with that. It doesn't bother me at all. I haven't lost any sleep over it. I am absolutely heartbroken for those families going to a commissary on supposedly, you know, you don't think of military installations as being unsafe spaces, unsafe places. And in this case, it most certainly was. It was a, it was a very unsafe place in that time. And I think a message should be sent somehow that if you're going to try doing this in the future on military bases or recruiting stations, you know, you might not get what you want. But what better outcome could be if you are really studying what jihad is than to commit this crime, this act, die in the process as a, as a warrior for Allah, as, as, a, as a soldier for Allah, in your mind, that you're doing the right thing, or get captured and willingly, I mean, go to the, you know, firing line, you know, chair where you get injected, and, and die that way and become a martyr. Keep in mind, he did not retain legal counsel throughout this whole thing. He represented himself and showed no remorse, no emotion, no capacity for empathy for what he did. He was completely fine with it. And I'm hesitant to have him take up any more space and time in our minds as Americans or you know, a terrorist mind trying to think about doing this. And maybe I'm, I'm not seeing the bigger picture here. Maybe there's something that I'm not seeing, but I, I've looked at it and I'm like, you know, wait a minute. Wouldn't the better long-term solution would be to just put him back in Leavenworth, not let anybody see him, and uh, he finishes out his life there. I can't think of a reason to keep him alive, though, and a part of me would be very happy when he breathes his last breath. I'm just not sure that by killing him, by executing him, we're not giving him what he wants. And there's not a whole lot from him. We haven't seen him make any statements. There's no real you know, information available in terms of his mental condition now or his background. You know, so I don't know what he's thinking now, but I don't want to give him any more time in the spotlight than absolutely necessary. So in this case, I, I'm very fine with putting him in Leavenworth or some other supermax prison in a uh, 10 by 10 cell in his wheelchair with the absolute minimum for the rest of his life. And that's my word of the week. That's how I feel about this. If you have any uh, commentary, questions, or opinions about this, uh, let me know. You can email me, uh, Travis at OscarMikeRadio.com. Check me out on Facebook. I'd love to hear your thoughts.
Okay, moving on to the complaint department. And Grunt has weighed in this week with a complaint. And as you know, if they're complaining, they're happy. And his complaint is this. Military.com reports that there is murmurings about making all Marine Corps boot camps co-ed. And that will mean, um, well, how it's done right now is in San Diego, where I went to boot camp, there are no females except for the uh, female Navy nurses. That, that's, that's the only two females I saw during my entire boot camp time. And I take that back. I, I saw I saw um, a couple female Marines, WMs. And in Paris Island, that's where the uh, females train to become Marines, but they have their own environment. They're, they don't mix with the males, and the males train separately. And now they want to go to how the other services are run, where they're truly co-ed. And I think the Army does it, the Air Force does it, and I think the, they all do it. And he's upset about it. He's like, you know, we are the best of the best. We have no compromises to make. Why do they keep trying to do this stuff? He's not happy about it. And and personally, I, I got to agree. I mean, you know, the Marine Corps is, is, is as old as it is. It's been doing this for a long time. I, I don't understand this. I have no problem with female Marines. I have no problem with WMs. I have no problem with, you know, females who get the marine title but you know there's there's a reason why it's done the way it's done men and women are different just the way it is if you don't like what i'm saying i don't care i just i just don't care you know i i know several wonderful you know squared away you know females who have earned the title of marine i know men and women who are absolute you know bag nasty if you will so there's good and bad apples out there everywhere. You know, I have my opinions about women in combat. That's not what I'm talking about right now. But I think boot camp should be kept the way it is. And that's how uh, Grunt feels. He was very adamant about that. Pogue really didn't have a opinion one way or the other because, you know, he's not a Marine, so it doesn't matter to him. He just thinks that uh, he wishes... Uh, you know, women in the military were better looking. That's what he said. I mean, I'm like, okay, whatever. I mean, there's some pretty hot ones, I guess. But I've been in a while. I don't know. And that is the complaint department weighing in. Moving on to the weekly unit shutout. And I'm going to go in a different direction this week with the unit shutout because this is just, to me, just way hella cool. I mean, I am... I'm reading about this, and I encourage you to uh, check out the link on the Oscar Mike Radio blog for this episode. There was a Marine who got wounded in uh, Afghanistan by a uh, roadside bomb and, and grenade. He was uh, manning a 240 uh, you know, machine gun, and his left side of his body got pretty messed up. And it looked like that he was in for a lifetime of not really being able to use the left side of his body, his left arm and shoulder especially. 
So we're talking about a real impact to his quality of life, a real impact to his ability to provide for a family, play with his children, you know, be with his wife, and just a man in general. I mean, he was going to go through life in a very hard way. Well, I'm reading about this thing on military.com about how the doctors there figured out a way to take a nerve out of a cadaver, 70 millimeters long. That's a, that's, a, that's a pretty good chunk of nerve. And they're able to graft it and splice it into his arm. And he is in the process right now of regaining full use of his, his left arm. In other words, I mean, he won't be throwing, you know, 100 mile an hour fastballs, but he'll be able to swing a hammer. He'll be able to hold his child. He'll be able to play basketball with his kids. And, and you know, the story gets really in depth about how they did it and, and, and you know, how they perfected this. And it doesn't take very much to see that, you know, if they can do this in a military hospital like this, that, um, they're going to be able to do this for civilians who get hurt as well. And it's just a very, very cool thing to see. A lot of times military doctors get the, you know, reputation they're not the best. And again, you know, I, I encourage you to, you know, go to the blog site, check out the article on military.com, and you'll see that uh, this is just a, not, not a miracle. Well, maybe it is a miracle. Let's call it a miracle. I'm just happy for this Marine who's going to be able to enjoy the rest of his life. And I'm really proud that, you know, our doctors have once again pushed the envelope about what they can do to help people recover and enjoy life because the price that we ask these people to pay is is a high one with some pretty permanent costs involved. So that is my unit, unit shot for the week. So um, upcoming events, the last section of this show I have some coming down. Next week, they'll be all up in the greater Boston area. If you have an upcoming event, uh, send it to me. Again, my email is travis at oscarmikeradio.com. I would also encourage those in the uh, Augusta, Georgia area or the you know greater Georgia area around Atlanta to check out and go to the Operation Teammate website, operationteammate.org. They're always having events and need volunteers and donations to help these kids uh, you know, enjoy life while their uh, families are deployed overseas serving our country. And you can check that out at operationteammate.org, you know, crewed by Tim Montjoy and his uh, staff. Tell them that uh, you heard it on Oscar Mike Radio. So that is episode 35 of this week. I, again, I enjoy doing this. A whole lot is coming up in the next couple of months. And you all keep making this show what it is. I enjoy doing it for you. I enjoy connecting people uh, with other veterans, other organizations who are doing good for our military and trying to keep our uh, government uh, honest on how they spend our money for our troops. So this is Travis with Oscar Mike Radio. This is episode 35, Closing Down. Travis out. Oscar Mike Radio, over and out.
Oscar Mike Radio, do you copy? Turns to one actual. I have you five by five. Anchors away, my boys. Anchors away. Farewell to college joys. We sail at break of day. Our last night on shore, drink to the poem. Until we meet once more, here's wishing you a happy voyage home. Oscar Mike Radio is in route. Copy that, Sinister One. Coming at you from the city of champions, Brockton, Massachusetts. Come in, Oscar Mike Radio. Oscar Mike Radio, veteran in action, on the move, on mission, always. Off we go.